What up, what it do, I'm live from the booth for the Solid World Podcast. I'm your gracious and often hated host, Salit Vontrell. This pod is produced by Solid World Entertainment and officially sponsored by Courtesy Transportation, one of the best transportation companies in the ENC. The goal of my podcast is to educate, inform, and entertain while having real conversations. You can find this pod on Apple, Spotify, Google, or just about any other platform you can name. With that being said, I'm going to stop all the chatting and let you get to it. I appreciate you for tuning in with yours truly. Stay solid. Solid world. Special guest with me today, Miss Tanisha Johnson, who is a, do you go by a therapist or a psychiatrist? Therapist. Therapist. Mm-hmm. Who is a therapist. Um, My reason for bringing you out here today is the simple fact that a lot of people these days, they go through mental health issues such as anxiety depression etc and a lot of us don't know how to deal with it how to cope with it who to talk to about it um who to go to for help if they want to help or a lot of us are embarrassed about it and don't want to speak on it to others true and i just felt like it'd be good to bring you up here because you know you are a therapist (laughs) and um a lot of people can learn from this and they may they may feel more comfortable after they hear this. So I want to start out by asking, um, when it comes to depression, what is the main cause or what could be the main cause of depression? Mm, to be honest, Salih, there, there really isn't a main cause. Mm. Um, it could be anything from uh, death, uh, could be school, um, the the weight of education you know going to school and uh, high school teen life can be depressing um you can look at people you can look at a person and they look like they got it all together they look like the their their picture perfect um but deep on the inside uh they may be struggling with something self-confidence uh their self-esteem could be low um they could be having relationship problems um, they're a teenager, they're, they're grades, bullying. So they're really, right. you can't really say there is a cause. There are so many factors um, that play into depression. Okay, that, that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to mental health all around, um, how, can, how can I tell if someone has a mental health problem? Well, I'm quite sure a lot of times you can't tell. Right, right. And that's the thing. Um, again, you can't look at a person and tell, um, almost like you can't (laughs) look at a person and see if they're, uh, coronavirus, if they have coronavirus, you can't look at them and tell anymore. Um, even with mental illnesses, you can't, it's not a physical thing Mm -hmm. sometimes. And it depends on what the, the diagnosis or what their illness may be. Um, if a person is suffering from something, say if they're manic, um, manic meaning they have certain stages and when they are on a high where they're just like constantly going, they're excited, they're impulse spending, um, they're talking very fast, they're moving very fast, they don't slow down. Um, that's that manic phase of right. a person. But then they also hit a low phase, which is the depressive part of it, and mm. which they hit that low where they don't want to do anything, where they go into that depressive stage. Again, some things you can't you can't physically see it um, in a person. Um, some 
people have become so good at masking um, how they feel because they don't want to be embarrassed or they don't right. want the stigma associated with it. So, you know, we've learned how to put on a mask right. to show people what we want them to see versus how we're really feeling. Right. And see, that's the thing. Um, with Like you said, some people may be embarrassed. I have a sister who recently told me about last week, actually, when I told her that I wanted to do a, a show on mental health. She came out and told me that she's been going through it for the years, like 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea because whenever I see her, she's happy mm -hmm. and, and joyful. And it just makes me wonder, like, how many other people are actually going through it that nobody knows about? A lot. It's a lot. Um, and again, it comes with the stigma. Um, you know, as as African-Americans, you know, that's something we don't talk about. That's something that we don't right. address, especially in our men. I and mean, there are so many men who are really going through, but they don't want to be perceived as weak. Right. Or that they're less um, masculine so to speak. So they don't say anything. They put on that front when deep down inside, they're really battling. Um, and it, and it's, it's sad, but you know, it kind of starts with our environment. Right. And uh, being open and having the lines of communication open with one another and with our family members, um, knowing your family history. Mm -hmm. That's, that's partly why, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, when, when a female uh, is pregnant and she goes to the doctor and he, uh, the doctor wants to know, your medical history, your past medical history. Is there anyone in your family that has suffered for something that may be uh, hereditary? There are some mental illnesses that have been associated with being hereditary. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, again, nobody wants to talk about that. Right. And we all have that one family member that we keep up in a room locked away and, you know, don't mind to mess with him because, you know, he, he, ain't yeah. all, he ain't got it all together yet or he's off. And, but... No one took that uncle or that aunt or whoever that was to get treatment. Right. Just put him in a room, close him off. I remember that episode of, um, not even the episode, it was a movie. It's a Tyler Perry movie. And the uncle stayed up in the room and they only just put the food at the door and he'd get the food. I've seen that, yep. Yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of sort of how we do. We take it and we tuck it in the back, make it out of sight, out of mind. We, we don't we don't talk about that stuff. Right, which is which is sad because it shouldn't be like that. Correct. You know, Correct. um, no matter what a person is going through, whether it's depression, any any type of any type of issue, don't even have to be mental health. We should always, you know, try to help. At least try. Right. Um. Again, it starts um, when we're young. It starts when you're young. It starts in the household. Um. You know. Fortunately, we talk about it more now. Right. That's um, true. But you know, twenty, thirty years ago, and I'm showing my age. It wasn't something that you talked about. You didn't, you, you never, you never talked about that family member who went away and never came back. I think back in the day we had um, Dorothea Dix Hospital and, you know, the other mental institutions, um, but we didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I made it, I made it a, 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 I made a conscientious effort to just be more informed and to try to really, um, have the resources and the, the tools to, to educate my community. Right. Um, it all starts at home. Um, I'm born and raised here in Greenville. Um, you know, went to Rose. A lot of people that I graduated with are no longer here. You know, some of them have died. Um, some of them are still here. Some of them are battling certain issues and certain things. Um, but we have to make it okay. 
right? We have to tell them it's okay to not right. be okay. Right. Um, you also have to deal with those who are um, Christians and spiritually. Uh, they don't think that you should see a therapist. They think that, you know, you can pray certain yeah. things away and that you don't need to take your medicine and you don't need to do this. Just, you know, rely on Jesus. And the truth is, you can have Jesus and a therapist at the same time. It's, right. it's, it's okay. Right. So, you know, we just have to be more conscientious and more intentional about getting the word out. Um, and it could be a it could be a season of when you're not okay. Um, particularly holidays are really bad on a lot of people, especially those who are grieving. Um, yes. Not having that loved one and, you know, this is the first year without that person. So you now have these thoughts and these emotions and these feelings and it, it it gets really really hard. It gets really hard. Yes, and it's funny that you actually that you just brought that up because I recently went through that with uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother passed away earlier this year, around March, April. Oh wow! From uh from COVID. Oh, sorry to hear that. So yeah, thank you, but um it it kind of got to me last week. I was, I started realizing like she's not going to be here for the first time ever during Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I really didn't know how to take that. So, you know, come Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, in my head, I'm like, I'm trying to deal with it, but it was hard. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I was, my first initial thought was to stay in the house all day. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to go be around my family because I'm used to my grandmother being there. Right. I didn't really know how to deal with that. And I, I really didn't deal with it. Um, you know, I picked my daughter up because, because she makes me happy and mm-hmm. frees my mind. But I know I'm not the only one who go through things like that. Absolutely. Um you know, being transparent, um, my grandmother passed away back in, uh, 2000, please, I believe it's 2006. Um, and it was a really hard time for me, um, being whereas we were a really close knit family and, uh, you know, it was 14 years ago, but it still gets, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get easy. It just becomes bearable, mm-hmm. right? You you don't forget those things. And the first year, oh, my God, I struggled. I was a complete mess um, because, again, you're adjusting to life without that person, and you're having to, you know, try to put on this front right. like you're okay. Um, but when you, when you love a person like that and you have – that's all you've known your whole life, right. and then you have to go through life without that person – it really takes an emotional toll on you. And for me, it was really hard. Yeah. It, it was really hard. I can I, imagine. I walked away from a lot of things. I was angry, right? People say, oh, you're not supposed to be angry. You're not supposed to uh, question God, and you're not supposed to do these things. I'm just looking like, <laughs> where, where, where did you get that from? Right. Um, and it was, you know, it was just different. And it did not help that I was working at the hospital. My grandmother mm. worked at the hospital for like, 43 years so mm. that smell you know that hospital smell yeah. I don't know if they still have it at Biden but it's that hospital smell not the bad smell but the hospital right. smell that you know it bring, it triggered memories right even to this day I could uh, I can go into a store and something would trigger a memory and I'll, and I'll get sad and it's been 14 years yeah and so it's, it's just it's a process grief is a process it's a cycle and I tell people all the time, you know, a cycle is continuous. Mm-hmm. You can be feeling one way today, and two minutes later, you can feel the, the a different way. You can be in denial right. at eight o'clock, and then at eight o two, you can be happy. 
um, <laughs> because yeah, that's part it's of crazy. the cycle. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it's it's just different. The holidays hit different when you don't have that loved one. Yeah, it, it does, and I'm glad you're here to speak on that because, like I said, uh, grieving for me, and that was the first time I, in my life that I ever had to grieve because, um, for the first time in my life, a person that was actually close to me died. So and it's funny because I always use use to say like man I don't know how I'm gonna react to me uh, to a person close to me when they die yeah. I don't know what my reaction will be and my reaction at the time and still now is like you said anger yeah yeah anger because I don't I don't know how to uh, I don't know how to cope with it I just try to keep myself busy right you know and and to this day like it's hard to it's hard to see pictures of her mm-hmm. like my my cousins will go post pictures of her on Facebook and I gotta log out yeah you know yeah. it's I haven't looked at her obituary yet. It's it's just tough on me. So I'm glad you actually spoke on that because that actually helped me out. Yeah, I mean, again, grief, grief counseling, um, just talking, um, having a family member or having someone, a friend, mm-hmm. who just listens, right? Sometimes people, um, when you go to your friends, they try to get you to do other things to <laughs> to cope. Yeah, right. You know, you that's every, true. And everybody has their own coping mechanism. Let's be real. Right. You know, some people cope. Everybody copes differently, but coping differently sometimes isn't coping healthy. Right. So you have to be able to differentiate differentiate that and be able to decipher it for yourself how you're going to cope with it. Um, you know, the best the best coping mechanism is talking, mm. and you know, I have a therapist that I see. I can go and nothing is really wrong, but just having another person to just hear and to just listen and yeah. to give you feedback, not to correct me or right. not to fix me, right? Um, but just to hear and to just let me pour my heart out to whatever issues I may have going on. So that that is the best cope. That is one of the best coping. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Um, a lot of people, even me myself included, I may try to. Go talk to friends, which, like you said, talking helps. But then you got some people who may, who may take what you're saying and then flip it to being about them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. are you are you really listening to me or? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like, who do what? Who do you talk to? Yeah. So yeah. I, I can see why that would be kind of difficult for people to, to do. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, it it is, and you know, it's even as a therapist, right? When you when I hear people's stories and I hear people tell me stuff, I have to make sure that I'm able to like not go there with them when it concerns me. I have right. to be able to, you know, set myself aside and be um, be there for them and to be able to provide them the support that they need, even though I'm going through stuff myself. Right. And so when my grandmother passed away, um, I took a job at the hospital as a chaplain. That was probably the best thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. So what is that, Lisa Chaplin? Uh, so basically a chaplain is a person who provides spiritual and emotional support mm, okay. to people. So my first impression of a chaplain was the person that comes in the room when someone dies. That, yeah. was, that was my first thing. Like, I don't want to go around telling people that someone is dead. It's right. the only time you see them. But in all honesty, you know, chaplains were very key and play a very important role um, in organizations because you got staff you got families you got patients all these people are experiencing these different things and for example if you're a doctor and maybe you just lost a loved one and then you got to go tell a family that they've lost a loved one you got to be able to put yourself right to that side and not be able to come out and 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 show your your emotional part and then some some doctors are very emotional some of them are very close to their patients 
um, and take it very seriously. So it becomes hard. Um, and doctors, you know, they need someone to talk to. They need someone to to, yeah. to, 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 to let loose with. Same with nurses. Any Anybody in any organization of skill, um, they need someone. Everybody needs someone. And so, you know, as a chaplain, you know, that's that's what we did. We, mm-hmm. we, we were there for doctors. We were there for nurses. You know, it was nothing to be in the ED. And, you know, gunshot wound comes in, person's coming in for a gunshot wound, but you got in telling the family that they died. Right. Um, you know, so it was just so, so much. But when it came to my, to, to, to my, to the death of my grandmother and me being in the, in the chaplain, I learned more about the grief process. Mm, I see. I learned, you know, that I had moments where as I had to go tell a family um, that their loved one had died and. It was emotional for me because I remember that feeling. I remember yeah. sitting there and I remember someone coming in the room and, or someone calling me and telling me that, you know, my loved one had passed away. And it just brought back so much, um, so many emotions, so much feeling. And my supervisor, you know, he helped me deal with it. He, he, mm-hmm. he taught me how to separate that. You know, I can feel what I feel, but I got to provide that for my patients first. And then I come and talk to someone right. to get my stuff out. Um, you know, you don't want to. You can't pour from an empty cup. Right. And so I, yeah, had okay, to have some, I had to have somebody that I could release my stuff to so that it didn't, my trash doesn't become someone else's trash. Right. My issues doesn't become someone else's issues. So it was very, that was one of the best things ever was becoming a chaplain. I learned so much um, those two years as a resident. So what made you uh, decide to sit down, not sit down, what made you decide to officially become a therapist? Um. Seeing or hearing the difference that I made in, in the lives of people, um, just and it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't wake up and say, "Oh, I want to do this." I mean, but you know, if you really think about, it, I'm actually a preacher, so you yeah, know, true. <laughs> yeah, I, that wasn't that wasn't it. Um, but it was just a different part of ministry for me. Mm. Um, I felt I was more effective outside of the church, uh, even though I love church. But I felt as though I that was my calling right. was to to provide that type of ministry to people who you know may or may not have a church home, but they have a spiritual connection or they have some type of um, religious belief and they struggle with their belief and their mental health. Right. So we call that we call that pastoral counseling where you combine the spirituality with the psychology. Mm. And so when I learned about that, I began to pursue it. I began to pursue it uh, a little bit more and to, you know, take the necessary classes, go to the necessary seminars, the workshops, uh, continue, edu- you know, everything that I needed to become effective. And I'm still, to be honest, still still doing things, still taking classes, still learning. It's, a, it's an ongoing right. process. So how long have you been doing it now? This is 2020. So we say like 13 years, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I didn't officially, like, get into my office um, because again, <clears throat> and to be honest, you know it's it's not something that people are jumping to do. Right, to come to a therapist. So you you can I can't I, I have a family, so I couldn't say oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do this full time, and I didn't have the clientele to support it. Um, so I just I worked a full time job, and I just did it on you know part time basis. And um, as I continue to do it, you know, word of mouth, um, you know officiating weddings, providing marriage counseling to various people. Um, you know, my friends, everybody's like, oh, you know, you need to go ahead. And I was like, I, I'm one, I'm not going to move unless God tells me to move. Right. That's, that's just right. me. 
um, you know, people will throw you out on the branch and, <laughs> and leave you out there. So um, I couldn't move um, out of order. Um, and so I would uh, use in a room over at the library. Mm-hmm. Um, Shepherd, they let you use a room for free. And so I would do that. And then once my caseload um, got kind of big, you know, I sat down and talked to my husband. And we, I was like, you know, budget-wise, you know, we have, we, at the time we had one in college, one in high school, you know, high school fees and, right. you know, things. And we had just, you know, just purchased a home. And I was like, money-wise, you know, this ain't looking yeah. like another bill we need. And he was like, but what do you want to do? Right. We'll make it work. So, you know, I found a little spot. Um, and the, the the landlord has been really good with me, you know, very, very, very affordable, um, very, very safe. So I still do it part-time, still not full-time. Mm-hmm. So I see about maybe six or seven patients a week, if that. Oh, wow. Um, I just, you know, then that's just with those. Um, just trying to just trying to be able and trying to be available to my community. I, I really I really want to be able to have, want them to have somewhere where they can go, someone who relate can relate. Right, and, right. You know. Which is huge. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you want to be able to relate to that person. Um, you want to be able to have a, a, a good relationship with them um, and trust. Right. You don't want to hear about your stuff in the street. <laughs> you know, you go in the barbershop and you hear <laughs> somebody talking about right. something. You're like, oh, that sounds like what I said to my therapist. Right. It's really you. Um, so it's just it's just taking some time, um, but it's starting to pick up a little bit more. Um, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity yeah. to be able to serve. That's that, That's amazing. And congratulations to you, honestly. You know what's crazy is, yeah, my little gadgets. I like to play with those. What's crazy is I actually um, found out about you being a therapist probably about three months ago. Really? Yeah, and crazy story. I'm getting off topic here. I'm gonna go right back though. But um, during during this time, I say about four months ago. During this time, um, I wanted to talk to someone about my relationship and love life. Mm-hmm. So I felt like. You know, um, everything just kept going wrong with, within my within my love life. Either I messed up, or I finally found like I found the one, and then they did something to you know. And this is, has been a continuous cycle for years now. Oh wow! And I just and I couldn't figure it out. You know, prayed and prayed, and just I wasn't getting no answers. So I was like, you know, it, it was starting to bother me. So I'm like, I should, I really need to talk to someone about this who's like I say, a professional who can actually give me insight and sit down and listen to me rather than tell me their, you know, opinions on their story right. you know, when it comes right. to mine. But I never I never ended up doing it. I'm, I still I should. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I plan on doing it in the future. But, yeah, that's actually how I found out about you being a therapist. Oh, wow. So um, I may, I may. I got you. I got you. Man. Yeah, I got you. we're going to talk about it. But, <laughs> um, so... The past couple of years, a lot of people have been speaking on anxiety. Okay. Can you define anxiety for me? Because I don't know what exactly it is. I don't know if I've ever had it. You probably have. Yeah. I think I think everyone at least once in their life uh, has experienced anxiety. I personally didn't know what it was until I actually started studying and, and, mm-hmm. and, and research, researching it and getting more into, um, 
you know the 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 mental mental health illness right. part of it. And now, I hate to call it mental health illness because it's I, that that sounds so cliche. Right. Um. What's the what's the most simple way to put it? If you have something coming up, right, uh, an event, and to feel anxious, um, you feel a sense of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a flood of emotions. Um, some people, it looks different in everybody. Um, some people, their their heart starts to beat a little faster. Some people, oh, I'm just nervous. It could be anxiety. Um, feel short of breath. Mm. Um, your palms get a little sweaty, maybe. Um, some people get headaches. Oh wow! Yeah, some people get headaches. Um, some cry. Start to hyperventilate, mm-hmm. like you just can't can't get it, and it just feels like every it feels like your chest is about your your heart is about to jump out of your chest that your heart is beating so fast. That can be that can be anxiety. Right. Anxiety comes in so many forms. A lot of people have developed anxiety now. Because we have this COVID. Mm-hmm. And so people are just like, you know, I I can't go outside. Or I can't do this. I can't do that. And it becomes overwhelming um, because you're trying to figure out the new norm for yourself, for your family. Um, and so it could it could look like anything. Um, there are triggers. Um, um, for me, uh, my first, <laughs> I think my first anxiety attack was probably when my dad died, mm. and my dad passed away in 2015. Um, Sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you. Um, and so I think that was my first time dealing with it because it was like I now have to, again, go through life with a person who's no longer a part of my life. Right. And just um, knowing that certain events he was not going to be to, um, that I would just get really overwhelmed with emotions with with sadness um i i've experienced anxiety um when it came to schoolwork um, i'm currently in school now mm-hmm. um, with my doctorate and you know i've lost <clears throat> between may and as of maybe this week i've lost about 20 family and friends oh, uh, to 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 covid and uh, most recently, I just lost my my great aunt in Connecticut to COVID. Um, wow. So you know my anxiety with that, and just knowing that um, you know there are going to be days and there are going to be times where you know I can't pick up the phone and call these people anymore. Right. Um, and right. so my anxiety sometimes just <laughs> it, it goes through the roof. I have to really uh, learn how to manage it. Um, and the way I do that, um, meditation. Mm, I hear a lot about meditation. Yeah. I haven't tried it. Meditation, uh, deep breathing exercises, because you want to be able to kind. You don't want to hyperventilate. You want to kind of control that. Be able to control that, but you have to. I hate to say the word embrace, but you have to embrace it. You have to know what's going on before you can tackle it. Right. So you have to be able to identify that this is a, a panic attack, not a heart attack. And you know, some people think that they're having a heart attack because mm-hmm. that's how intense it can get. Um, some people have panic attacks. You know, they're seven days in a week. Some people have panic attacks four to five days. Out Sheesh. So is it um, like a medication for? Some people. Some people have to go on medicine for it. <clears throat> what I've started doing is recommending CBD, mm-hmm. TH free, mm-hmm. TC free. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. I've started recommending CBD oil and and gummies. 
Um, because people, some people don't want to take medicine. Some right. people just feel like, you know, the medicine might make them feel a certain way or they don't want to um, become dependent on it. Um, I haven't done my research behind that, so I can't speak on it. But I, I really, I promote CBD to a lot of my clients, and a lot of them mm-hmm. have found solace in, in taking it. Um, gummies, oils, um, soft gels—they are, you know, I tell them, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything but just relax. Right. And they, they, they love it. Wow, that's that's amazing. I would have never guess that. Honestly, make sure it's THC free. Right, <laughs> definitely THC flunk, free. You want flunk your drug test at work? Right. <laughs> so, so panic attacks or anxiety attacks, like it's it's sudden. So you like it's a rush it of you. Sometimes it can be sudden. Sometimes you can kind of know that it's coming on, mm-hmm. or you start to you 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 know. That is different. You know that you have never experienced it before. Right. Excuse me. And once you experience your first one, then you're kind of more cognizant of, you know, the question I like to ask, well, what were you doing when it happened? Mm -hmm. Did someone say something to you? Were you in a place where, you know, you just became overwhelmed? Did did you experience something? There, There are triggers and once people find out what their triggers are, they try to avoid them if possible. Mm-hmm. But if they're inevitable, um, you know, they they try to breathe through the panic attack. Right. Um, and you, again, the stigma associated with that. Oh, he or she is going crazy. They don't know what they're doing. They know they don't know how to act. They cutting up in public. No, they're really about to have a meltdown. Yeah. And they need someone to just be there and help them focus and help them breathe. That's basically. It. Wow! Wow! That's <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And, so, yeah, and again, I, some people don't. Some of them are not that extreme, um, and some of them can be really bad. Yeah, and none of you described it. I believe I have had several experiences of anxiety. Yeah, even like probably before basketball games, where I'd be really, really nervous. Uh, I mean, I've seen you play basketball, so I can understand. <laughs> But it, it, it is, you know, it's just about being aware. Right, right, right. Yeah. So what do you think is the main uh, form of mental health right now in the world? What do you mean? So, okay, so you got depression, anxiety. What's some other things? Um, manic depressive, you have schizophrenia, you have... Um, separation anxiety mm. um things is 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 i can't i can't possibly sit here and go through it. right it's like right a right whole manual right of different things and sometimes they're toppled on top of each other you can some oh. people have anxiety and separation anxiety and you know they're just coupled together um you know one followed by the next um the main i think the main thing a lot of people are dealing with right now would be the depression and the anxiety simply because of the state of the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those, those are depression, definitely. Um, suicidal, uh, the suicide rate has increased greatly. Um, you know, it's just so much, and we are we are not as educated as we should be. Right. So, if I got friends or family right now that that may uh, that may have it. And they may come to me after they hear this, but they don't. They don't necessarily want to go see a therapist or talk to one. What's some things that I could tell them 
or some things that I could do to possibly help them out? Um, well, if all possible, please push them to see, see right. a therapist because sometimes it could be something deeper um, within the issues. Um, for example, when people have, and it's not to point you out, but relationship issues, mm-hmm. you know, this is something deeper there. It could be something from a yeah. childhood, right? It could, and it may not be your childhood, maybe your partner's childhood that he or she has brought into the relationship because it's not resolved. Right. So, you know, you want to be able to get to the root of whatever it is that's causing it. It's almost like, you know, you don't want to put a Band-Aid over a six-inch gash or a Band-Aid on a gunshot. Right. You want to be able to to clean it out and and treat it and give it the proper antibiotics so that it can heal. Um, And that's the thing with um, mental illnesses and anything. There's a a healing that needs to take place. Um, And I'm not just talking about a spiritual healing, but, you know, there's a a, a different type of healing that and a process that we have to go through. So if a person... doesn't want to see a therapist, um, you know, if he or she is experiencing some type of anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, I, I there are a couple of apps. Um, I think one is called Headspace. I uh, think I heard of that one too. It's like a, you know, a meditation app. Um, there are actually some apps in which you can actually talk to a therapist via chat and never have oh, to wow. go see that person. So there's uh, there's Open Path. Um, there's Better Help. And again, these apps, I'm giving them free <laughs> right advertising right now but these 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 things where they can like you pay a you pay a, a membership and they match you with the therapist your own personal therapist mm-hmm. and you just log on and you chat with you never have to see you never have to see their face you're just chatting with a mental health professional and these people are vetted you know they don't just let anybody do it you have to show your credentials you have to turn everything in they do background checks um everything so it's not some joe blow um, on on the phone on the other end giving you advice. It's really right. a, a trained medical professional. Wow, that's that's dope. I never knew if it was that many apps. I heard about the Headspace one, but mm-hmm. I didn't hear the details about it. Yeah, Headspace is, um, <clears throat> and I think right now um, they may be running some type of a promotion because of COVID, because so many people are really going through, um, in which they're uh, discounting their their membership. But it, it'll, it it helps you with meditation, mm-hmm. um, yoga, um, deep breathing, you know, relaxation and things of that nature. So it's pretty it's pretty neat. So and you say you do meditation yourself? I do. Not as often as I would like, mm-hmm. but I, I do. I do. Um, of course, my meditation looks different from everybody else's. So my meditation is I get up, you know, <laughs> I read my word. Mm, and, and, right. and I talk to God and I pray. And, you know, I get that alone time. That's my meditation. But that might look different for someone else. Yeah, for sure. Because I know when um, when a lot of people think about meditating, they probably just think about, you know, sitting down on the mm-hmm. ground just mm-hmm. with your eyes closed. Yeah. You know. Um, there's um, <clears throat> on Instagram, um, I follow a young lady. Uh, she played in, um, what's the show on BET with the dance girls? Bring it, no, not bring it on. Anyway, it was the show she played uh, in one of the Tyler Perry movies, Logan, mm-hmm. Logan Browning. She does a guided meditation, and I think she does it like weekly. Like you can log, it's free. You log on, um, and she'll do a guided meditation with with people. Mm-hmm. She turns off, like she keeps her camera on. She turns off comments, so you know you can't people. But she guides you through like a thirty minute meditation. Oh wow! For free. Just you know, people just people love it. Right. People love it. Yeah. Um, when it comes to depression, can you necessarily tell 
Better yet, what are some symptoms of depression? So, like, can I look at a person and tell oh, that person is depressed? It's possible, um, just by a person the way a person acts sometimes. Um, change of appetite, mm. um, isolating themselves, um, sleeping a lot, mm. um, lack of desire to do anything. The person who was once outgoing and the life of the party is now like, oh, I don't want to. I'm, you know, spending spending days in a dark room and yeah. Um, and even again, sometimes that's not even it. A person can still be depressed and still interact with people. Right. It's just when they go home, you don't see what's happening behind closed doors. Right. But there are some things you can look for. You know, the way that they, maybe how they're talking, and if they start talking about you know, harming themselves mm-hmm. or not wanting to be here or maybe saying, you know, the world's probably better off without me. It's just little little key things you can listen for. Um, if they are uh, withdrawn, mm-hmm. not really engaging anymore, um, that could be a sign. Again, you can never really tell. Right. That makes sense. So, and I don't even know if this is a thing, but is it any ways that, one person can maybe practice good mental health? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, protect your peace at all costs. Mm, yes. You hear people say that all the time. All the time. Um, be mindful of who you surround yourself with. If you're constantly around someone who's not uplifting, someone who's always complaining, someone who is always trying to see the bad and not the good in something, mm-hmm. or someone who is always... Um, coming to you and bringing your energy down um, you know you protect your peace at all costs um, set boundaries and understanding that the boundaries are not for the other person the boundaries for you it's right. what you chose to, to allow right. and what you chose to do um, you can't you can't control the way a person treats you but you can control how you react right. and you choose what you want to do um, my daughter, she has she has this saying that she um picked up. She's like, "This is this is a problem for tomorrow. I'm not dealing. <laughs> I'm not dealing with it today." I like that. And it was like, you know, Kai, you do the dish. She's like, mm, "That's a problem for tomorrow." <laughs> um, so you know, you 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 pick and choose, and you you get to the point to where you decide how you want to deal with people, how you want to deal with the situation. Um, just knowing your limits. And, and sticking to them and being consistent. Um, of course, exercising, eating right, yeah. uh, all those things, you know, that's physical and mental health. But just, you know, be cognizant of who you surround yourself with. You know, you surround yourself with like-minded people and like-minded individuals who have the same goal and aspirations as you do. And, you know, that someone who will push you. Right. And who will call you out on your stuff and who will... Um, look out for your mental health. For someone to say, "Hey, bro, you know, I noticed that you know you ain't been you ain't been hooping with us lately. Everything mm-hmm. okay, right?" Versus someone just saying, "Oh, he on he being new. He don't want to play. He got right. this going on." But someone who really knows Salit to say, "You know, I, I noticed the other night we were talking, man. You you good?" Or right. you know, just someone who's really not necessarily um, stuck to you, but someone who knows you mm-hmm. and someone who has your best interests. That will that will call that out for you. So when it comes to, say, a person that may may not be so uh, so strong and 
and can't necessarily do those things like how can I say this? So for instance, so people that may be um in like relationships where they're like manipulated, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um they may they may, they may not be so strong to whereas they may listen to anything this person says yeah. and and just let like let a person bring them down and, mm-hmm. and cause cause them to have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. How can how can well I feel like the only way a person can deal with that is possibly seeing a therapist or, mm-hmm. or talking. Mm-hmm. Um and again, you know, I, your circle. Your people that you, you know, I'm not talking about people who just come around when we're going out or people who just come around when things are good, mm-hmm. but the same people, the, the friends who are there through it all, like the thick and thin friends who see and who know you and know who you were before you met this person right? and know who you are now that you're with this person and can see what type of change is having on you, whether it's a good one or it's a bad one. If it's a, a, a healthy one or if it's a, a, a toxic one. I tell people all the time, if you find yourself in a relationship uh, with a person and you can't recognize who you are, because it's easy for somebody from the outside to look and say, oh, you change. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, I'm the same. But when you recognize that you're not the same person, whether it be good or bad, you got to analyze what's going on with right. yourself. Um you can't you can't make a person do what they don't want to do. That's true. I think Bishop Rosie O'Neill once said, you know, you grown, you're gonna do how you see fit. And and that is that's it. You can't you can't make a grown person do what they don't want to do. That's true. Um, do you think that if a person is uh spiritual that that, that can help them out more? Um That's hard to say. Yeah, because I know me personally. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm a, I'm a Krishna, and I pray every day, all day. But it's just, it's some things I feel like praying. Like sometimes you gotta do more than pray. Absolutely, that's, that's how I feel. Absolutely, and 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 of course, you know, the Bible tells you <laughs> tells you gotta do more right. than pray as well. But um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes Christians, some Christians, think that they're immune to that right um and, and that's that can be further from the truth if anything you're more prone to it because you you have this this relationship um with with god mm-hmm. and so there are certain things that you're going to endure and certain things you're going to encounter and you have to be able to have the discernment of what if this is my mental or my spiritual health mm. and it, to, to be honest at a at a at a point they they both coincide. If you think about it, Jesus traveled with the physician, right? Right. So, so you know it it is it all coincides. He was about holistic. He was about healing. God God and Jesus. You know that whole thing was about complete restoration. Mm-hmm. You know and 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 if you think about it again, if you go to the Bible, you know he told the woman he said you know you're made whole. He didn't just heal part of her. He healed everything, mind, body, and soul. And, and that's what some Christians, not all, mm-hmm, some right. Christians fail to realize um, that, you know, there has to be a mental change as well. Be ye not conformed to this world, be transformed by the new, renewing of your mind. 
That's that's biblical. So when Christians start talking different things, you know, you have to be able to to let them know, hey, people have problems. Yeah, you, it doesn't it doesn't you're not exempt, you're not immune to it. We all going to go through the same thing. The only difference is you. Some people have a relationship that they're able to, you know, dig a little bit deeper. They might be a little stronger, but even the strongest Christian sees a therapist. Right. So it's, it's, it doesn't it doesn't make you immune. It, 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 if anything, it should should draw you more. For sure, for sure. That's that's great stuff. I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot tonight. Um, so just to piggyback off of everything you've you've said and we've talked about before we wind it down. Um, what's just a couple things or some advice you'll give to anybody listening to the community, anybody listening that may be possibly dealing with the things we talked about here tonight? Um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, for example, uh, if you work for an organization, uh, look into their EAP program, which is the employee, uh, emergency Employee Assistance Program, mm -hmm. in which um, your employer actually pays for you to go to therapy. So oh, wow. some places get, I think, uh, I think the hospital will pay for six sessions with a with a therapist. Um, some of the bigger um, organizations will do that. Um, reach out to your your your, your local social services. Um, they have resources. They have um, you know information that could help someone help you, help your friend, your family. Um, and just talking to someone, having someone to listen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, utilize Google. We Google everything else. <laughs> right. So you I'll know, do that right now. <laughs> utilize Google. You, you talk to Siri, you talk to Alexa. Ask them to tell you somewhere to go where you can get some, some help. Um, you know, help is there. It's available. It's out here. The government has given, uh, you know, funds to, to different organizations to be able to provide that because there is a need and there's an increasingly um, need for it. So, you know, utilize the resources. Yes, yes. What are some ways that people can reach out to you possibly? Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, the name of my my, or my, um, my practice is One Touch Community Counseling Services. So I'm on Facebook. I'm also on IG um, at One Touch uh, CCS. I think that's where we did it. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, you can call me. My my number is 919-727-8500. That's my office number. Um, you can find me on Psychology Today um, as well. I think that's how I got the email. Yeah, that's, that's how I found uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and Google. I'm also, <laughs> Google. Uh, and I'm also on um, this new platform um, called Open Path, uh, whereas you pay like a one-time fee of $59, and then you get to, you know, see a therapist um, mm -hmm. at a discounted rate. Uh, that money doesn't come to me. That goes to them. I'm just, you know, trying to provide a service to serve and to help. Right. Um, I'm all about servanthood. Um, I, I feel like if I'm not serving, then I'm not worthy of doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm serving at heart, um, and that's what I that's what I do. That's amazing. Once again, I, I really appreciate you for coming in and talking about this big, big topic that we're all we all go through. Well, thanks for you know, thanks for giving me a call. I appreciate. It. I was off. I didn't have nothing else. I'm missing. <laughs> Listen, this was a counseling session for me. <laughs> I learned. I learned a lot. Just I'm just trying to soak it all in. I can't wait to go back and listen to this. Honestly. Uh, well, you know, however I can help. Um, 
I am offering free um, free grief counseling at the moment every Monday from 7 to 8. Um, I do a Zoom session um, with people who are interested. Um, you can hit me up, and I nice. send you the link. It's, it's private. It's private. It's confidentiality enforced because um, the holidays, are, like I said, are really bad for some people, and they don't know how to cope. They don't know how to deal with it. So I just wanted to you know, give back to my community by doing that. So from now until... So I started back, like I think I started the 1st of November, and I'll be finishing up like the week before Christmas. That's great. So every Monday from 7 to 8 is free. That's great. That's what's up. Once again, thank you, Miss Tanisha Johnson. She told you how to get in touch with her. Please, anyone who's listening to this right now, if you're going through any type of issue, mental health, any, anything, please don't be afraid to reach out to her or somebody or just talk to a friend. Like she said, just talking helps. It does. So, it's the Solid World Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Man, if you made it this far, you're a real one, and I truly appreciate you. I hope you learned something from this episode. That's truly my only goal. Shout out to Solid World Entertainment and Courtesy Transportation. And more importantly, shout out to the listeners, man. If you have any feedback, you can shoot it to me at Salite14 on Twitter or IG. Again, Appreciate you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode. I can't let my pain show Run that money to the ceiling That's really my main goal Used to trap out of that bins But really that lane closed I put business on my name Snake skins in the cane go But I'm still the same Solid world